to Totalus Rankium. This week, Michael Three. And welcome to Roman Emperors to tell us Rankium. I am Jamie. And I'm Rob, ranking all of the emperors from Augustus to Constantine XI. We're on one episode. That is the 120th <laughs> episode, save that. <laughs> and this is Michael III, the third of the Michaels. Yeah. Maybe they should start doing that, saying third rather than three. That would just be, that just sounds Instead of Elizabeth II, Elizabeth II. Like. It has got to the point where I genuinely <laughs> yes. find it weird when people call them the third. And I've I said it in not. a history lesson <laughs> yes. to children and they didn't even math, they didn't even register it. It was See, great. We're, we're bringing it in. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Changing anyway. the world. Right. Before we start, Ooh. what's that I hear? Car going past. And the sad music, Jamie. Oh, what have we done? Oh, we did something wrong. Oh, no. Honestly can't remember who it was. Uh, I'm going to blame you. Fair, yeah. <laughs> no idea. Um, I humbly apologise uh, for... Be- because oh, because everything's been so busy with me recently and there's been a three-week gap, I genuinely can't remember uh, what happened. Uh, but I wrote in my notes immediately and it's still here. So I know that apparently last time tempo completo should have been 0.13 and not 1.62 for Theodora's episode. It says it was 0.13, yeah. Sorry, no, it shouldn't have been 0.13, but it should have been 1.62. Oh, 1.62. Yeah, sorry, I got that wrong way around. Who worked that out? Uh, Did you? One of us. <laughs> I don't know. Eh. Yeah, we did something weird. All I have right. literally no idea. Um, let's blame Jeff. Well, clearly. Yeah, well, he's the one with the calculator. Yeah. So does that increase her score to it 30? It does. That gives her 32.13. 32? That looks too high. That does look too high. Because we've only added one and a half points, roughly, rounding. And but she's you've got, got your 0.6, so that'd be 30. 31, surely. Yeah, 30, sorry, 31. Let's say 31.13. Tell you what, next episode, we'll let you know what Theodora's got. Something's gone very wrong. So she might have got 31.25, she might have got 32.13, <laughs> but she definitely didn't get 29.63. She's an enigma. She is. And I like the fact she says that way. Yeah, yeah. She's in the 30s club, though. Yes. Yes. So there you go. Well done, Theodora. You're now in the 30s club. Um, and there you go. Uh, the sad music can probably end now if it's not ended already. Oh, good. Yeah, right. To gently fade out, or just like scratch out like a. What? It depends. If there's like an obvious time to end the music, like a countdown, three, two, one, now stop. Then that's when I'll stop the music. Okay. But if we just start talking about something else, I fade it out. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, yeah, it's good. Right, you ready for this? It's been Nail. a while. Um, yes. If you remember, Theodora takes charge after Theophilus dies. Yep. Little baby Michael is technically the emperor. Theodora's in charge. Um, and there's a few people just hanging around, making sure the empire ticks over correctly. And I'm just going to remind you in a let's meet the cast section. Yay. Yay. I like things like these. So, who's this? (gasps) Oh, it's... Theodora. Oh, hey, Theodora. Theodora is the empress regent. Mother of Michael. She's a hard worker and she's got ideas. This sounds like blind date. Maybe it is. <laughs> <laughs> okay, next up, who's this? <gasps> oh, hello, it's Theoctetos. Theoctetos. He's a man with a hard name to pronounce. <laughs> he is the eunuch advisor 
who is pretty much running things. Oh. Very much allied to Theodora. Then, of course, who's this? Oh, it's... Manuel. Ah, bonjour, monsieur. I die upon my sword. The suave and sophisticated uncle of Theodora, who, if you remember, saved Theophilus's life in battle. And may or may not have died. May have died, according to some sources. We theorise he almost died, but was looked after and nursed back to life by a bunch of monks in a monkery. Which, by the way, one of our listeners got in contact... I can't remember who, really sorry. Apparently monkery's a real thing. Really? <laughs> Apparently I was just actually... taking the... Yeah. <laughs> apparently they're actually called monkeries. Okay. So not a monastery, like a normal. Person. Apparently you get those as well. But apparently a monkery is a thing. Oh that's not fair. Yeah, but apparently a dungeon's not. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> One out of two's not bad. <laughs> Did you say that last time? You said that last time. Did I? It's, oh, it's been three weeks. Yeah, this is uh the, the patriarch who um kept the nuns in his uh, in his dungeon. <laughs> I feel that's the kind of thing you would say. Uh, I'm fairly sure it was you. We've got it recorded. We can find out. Right, anyway. (laughs) Um, So, Manuel, we theorise, is still around. We, or a zombie. He's too suave to be a zombie. Which is a eat your brain (laughs) with some caviar. (laughs) Then we have Bardos. 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 Uh, He's a massive Bardos. Yeah, yeah. He's also the brother of Theodora and the uncle of Michael, little baby Michael. As you will see, he very much firmly falls down on the Michael side of things. Right. Yes. And finally, the patriarch, Methodios. Oh, remember that name? He was put in place after the fall of Iconoclasm, and uh, Paul the Grammarian was removed and went off to run his dungeon. <laughs> yes. Yes. Methodios, if you remember, was a moderate iconophile, uh, willing to compromise with uh, the iconoclasts and just unify the church. Uh, good. Willing to find common ground. Let's not yeah. fight. Hardliners, hardline iconophiles, however, uh, tried to bring him down by accusing of him of getting to know some ladies. Um, <gasps> and if you remember, he then stripped in front of oh, everyone. Oh, yes! Yes. Shriveled. <laughs> yes. From the devil's hand. Exactly. Yes. Yeah, so um, there you go. However, just know that uh, he's he's getting on in age, and he won't be around much longer. But the oh. patriarch is important in today's story, so right. it's important to know who's patriarch right now. And with that, we may begin. Okay, born in 840 to the Emperor Theophilus and his wife Theodora, little Michael. Oh, Mikey. Little Mikey Moo. Yeah, life before becoming an emperor... Uh, He gurgles and he poops. Pretty good. Yeah. Uh, When he was two years old, his father died, leaving his mother in charge of the empire. See, that's before awareness, really, as well. Yeah. Like, real awareness. He never would have known his father. He kept asking for daddy. Daddy never came. It's where the problem started. Mm. Theoctetos and Theodora take over the running of the empire, and iconoclasm was brought to an end, as we saw last time. Yes. Michael III played with Lego. When he was seven, however, the patriarch... Methodios died. Oh, so he he was in this episode for a very short time. Yes, yeah, that's Methodios shrivel balls, as they knew him. <laughs> uh, in his place, Theodora, so she's still running things, and I didn't mention yeah. this last time because it makes more sense to put it here, uh, put a man named Ignatius in charge. That's a cool name. 
It is a good name. We've come across Ignatius's father before, because his father was Augustus. Michael I, not Augustus. But you're on the right sort of lines. Yeah. So he's the son of a previous empire. Yes. Emperor. Yes. So if he wanted to, he could make no. a claim? No. Because if you remember what happened to Michael I's children... Nope. <laughs> oh, is this crushing? Yeah, it was crushing, or or slitting, but either way, um, yes, Ignatius no longer has the chaps anymore. Oh, poor guy. Yes, um, no, he can't become emperor. What he was, however, was a hard-line iconophile. Loved himself a bit of icon. Kept an icon under his bed for special occasions. Yeah. Christmas and Easter, that kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. Um, Anyway, this putting in place of Ignatius starts a religious narrative that's going to thread its way through this episode that Michael III only occasionally pops up in. So we're going to be looking at Michael's story, but there's a lot of religious stuff going on as well. Okay. So Ignatius, as a hardliner, decided to get rid of anyone talking about compromising with those damn iconoclasts. He just doesn't want to agree anything else like no. that. They're idiots. Yeah. Screw them. The iconoclasts, uh, I mean, we've been running around all pretending to really love soup for bloody ages. <laughs> uh, it's ridiculous. No, we're not even talking to them anymore. Halfway through a service, in fact, he ordered the leader of the moderates to leave the church. Ooh. So somebody that was even, is it capitulating, that the right word? Uh, yeah, compromising. Compromising. Com- someone willing to compromise. And yeah, Ignatius isn't having any of this. Oh, um, how Christian of you, he said as he walked out. <laughs> yeah, well, th- this guy was eventually excommunicated. Wow. Ignatius, is, is he just has no truck with iconoclasts. So not, maybe, is not trying to get people together as much as the, the previous guy. No. However, another leader of the moderate faction, and this is the second name in this narrative you're going to have to remember, a man named Photius. Now, he happened to be really, really good friends with Bardos, who is the brother of Theodora. Yes. Uncle of Michael. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Now, Ignatius, obviously not happy that this moderate had the ear of the brother of the Empress, but Ignatius had the Empress himself, so as long as she was in charge, everything would be fine. (laughs) Everything would be swimmingly perfect. Yes, exactly. What bad thing could happen? Right, so that's really just setting things up for the later story. Just know that that's happening. Back to Michael III now. He was now in his teens, and he had discovered... Girls. Way. And booze. Way. (gasps) You're right. Is he the drunken one? Yes, he is sometimes known as Michael the Drunkard or Michael the Sot. Fantastic. Yes. This one I can relate to. (laughs) Yes, and also, thirdly, chariot racing. Yeah. So he's all about the girls, the drink, and the games. Brilliant. Like a, oh, is it Lucius Verus? Lucius Verus, yeah. Yeah, maybe a bit like Verus. Just um, have fun. Yeah. A bit drunk all the time. Yeah, yeah, quite possibly. Gold in his beard. Yes. Yeah, I mean, he did. He loved to watch the games. He developed quite a taste for drink. And a certain young lady had caught his eye, and he wanted her to catch something else. Ugh. His attention. Oh. Yeah. Not syphilis. No. <laughs> That'd be weird. Uh, this is Eudocia Ingerina, if I'm saying that right. Ingerina? Ingerina. I think Ingerina sounds nicer. Sounds rolls off the tongue better. Yeah, let's go for that then. Uh, now, if you remember, we have actually mentioned her before. Oh. Uh, she was the daughter of Ingor. Ingor. Yeah, quite possibly a Norseman. 
who was in court. Viking. Viking. Yes. So yeah, he 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 basically wanted to run off and have an affair with the uh, half Viking maiden, which is understandable. But you would, wouldn't you? Yeah. It's like there you are in the Byzantine court, and there's this uh, young Swedish lady just strolling through the palace with a pet dragon. With a pet dragon, because they have pet dragons in Sweden. Yeah. Yeah, we know Norse mythology. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, there you go. The two of them go off and uh, play Scrabble together or something. The, the details are not clear. But apparently um, their their Scrabble playing was uh, not discreet. Wasn't it? No. They, <laughs> they kept spamming out the same word over and over again. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. This is weird. I'm not allowed to use proper nouns. <laughs> um, oh, God isn't one word. <laughs> Yeah, so um, it wasn't long before his mother found out they'd left the Scrabble board out after they'd finished. Ah. She walked in, saw the Scrabble board. It was obvious. That is atrocious. Yeah. Do you think it was a quick game? <laughs> I, I think so. I mean, he's he's in his early teens. Yeah, yeah. very fast game. <laughs> yes. It's Scrabble's a... a game you really need stamina for, I think. <laughs> well, you, you build your vocabulary, don't you? <laughs> As you grow older. <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs> so, shocked at <laughs> what she saw... Theodora informed Michael that if he was going to be getting up with that sort of thing, mm. uh, it should be done properly. Here's the adult version. <laughs> yes. It's like actual wooden tiles and yeah. plastic ones, yeah. that kind of thing. Well, she arranged a marriage for her son. She was considerate enough to find someone with the same name. Another Eudocia, which is just handy. This is Eudocia Desipolitisa. I'm not even going to write that down. I wouldn't bother, uh, because Michael oh. was not impressed with his new wife. Yes, they did get married, but she's pretty much ignored after this. She's not even going to be mentioned again in the entire episode. Oh, fair enough. But just know she remains Michael III's wife throughout. So she's there, but no one cares. Isn't that sad, though? She's probably got a really unhappy life. Yeah. Well, you never know. She's actually Maybe quite she happy. She could just thinking, actually, he's away from me. I'll get all this stuff. Yeah. I'm left on my own. Let's hope so. He plays Scrabble with me every now and again, but yeah, it never lasts long. <laughs> yeah, so um, there you go. He's married now. However, all of this seems to spark off a bit of a rift between mother and son, and soon the royal court is split into two factions, one behind Theodora, with Theoctictos wielding a lot of power, and the other behind Michael III, with his uncle Bardos wielding a lot of power. And as you can imagine, tensions begin to rise, and Bardos who is angered by the eunuch's power, hatches a plot to have Theoctictos removed and then exiled. So just send him away somewhere. He won't be a problem. And then maybe we can uh, control Theodora, is what he's thinking. Yeah, take away her security blanket. Yes. So he runs it by Michael III, who, who agrees. Yeah, sounds good to me. It's Theoctetos causing all the problems, he thinks. So get him out of the way. Mother won't be able to rule. I will be in charge. Yay. So the blackboard is wheeled out. Squeak, squeak, squeak. <laughs> the last plans are rubbed off. Can't remember when it was last used. Oh, probably, although we didn't mention it, probably by the people who killed Leo V. Oh, yeah. Yeah, in, in the chapel. That board gets around, doesn't it? Oh, it does, yeah. Anyway, so they, they rub all that off. Oh, that's vile. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is awful. It's like, is, that, is he swinging across? It's weird. <sighs> anyway. take, take the tinsel off. Yeah, so they get rid of that. So, okay, it's like, are, are we killing him? No, 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 we're not killing him. We're just using the assassination board. We'll, we'll exile him. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> Definitely. We're just using the board because it's handy, all right? Yeah, it's just, just here. I mean, yes, it says kill board on it, but that's... We could, flip, we could flip over yeah. and use the exile side, but it's effort. Yeah. It's effort. 
Anyway. Bit ergonomic here. <laughs> there's, a, there's a simple plan. The plan is the following. So uh, imagine a montage of this happening whilst it's being explained. Right. So, Michael III, you're going to stop Theoctetos in the hallway of the palace and tell him that you're not a child anymore. Okay. Cut to him in the corridor. I'm not a child anymore, he says, but in a voice that sounds more like him. I'm not a child anymore. Oh, wow, he has an irritating voice. Yeah. <laughs> yes, he does. And that doesn't change. Oh, that's a shame. <laughs> the Arctictos is going to then be taken aback. This is back to the plan that Bardos is dictating. He's going to point out that he would have to run this by the Empress, your mother. Hey, I'm taken aback. I need to run this by the Empress, which, in case you didn't know, is your mother. At this point... At roughly, I'm going to say, 11.32. An argument will begin. The Octitos will turn and leave, sounding outraged. <laughs> you will then cry out the code words. Kill him! No, no, no. Seize him. Oh, yeah. Seize him! Seize him. It's very important, little Michael. We don't kill him. We're just exiling. Just seizing. Yes. Yeah, so what seize if I accidentally him. shout out kill nope, him when seize I him. Be... Okay. Seize him. The guards will be fully aware of the power play going on, and there's likely going to be a hesitation on their regard, but at that point I, Bardos, will step out with a sword drawn, and I will declare that I will strike at anyone who stops the Octictos from being arrested. We throw him in jail, we exile him, jobs are good. We can't just kill him. Nope. Exile. And Exile. there you go, that was the plan. So what happened? That. Oh, really? That happened oh, exactly. Okay. He was thrown into jail. Okay. Yeah. On what charge? then... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, on what charge? Um, treason. Oh. It's a nice blanket one, that one, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> um, and then, Michael, for whatever reason, and we don't know, decides that Exile's a bit too good for Theoctetos. So Theoctetos has a visitor or two in his cell. Let's remove something. <laughs> now, if you remember, and we did go over this, the Arctic Toss uh, lifts up a bench to defend himself. The first sword gets stuck into the bench. The second sword, however, gets stuck into his stomach. Ooh. And he dies. Yeah, horribly. Oh, yes. So, with the Arctic Toss dead, Theodora saw the writing on the wall. It said, the Arctic Toss is dead. Oh dear. Yeah. It's, uh, Theoctetos had written it in his own blood as he was dying. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, it's dark. So, Theodora was put under house arrest, essentially, and she screamed curses at her son. But now, Michael is fully in charge at the age of around 16. Oh, imagine having an Empress Empire to play with. That'd be amazing. <laughs> yes, it would. Going to build a massive train set. And then there's a, a, a small, polite and sophisticated cough. <clears throat> because it's Manuel. Bonjour, monsieur. Manuel understands the lay of the land. He knows that things are looking a bit shaky. All of this, bear in mind, is if he is still alive, we are unsure. <laughs> yeah. um, yeah. But if this Manuel is our Manuel, he appears to get out of the city as quick as possible at this point. He realises that he's in the middle of a power struggle between his niece and his nephew, Theodore and Bardos. And sir, I bid you an adieu. And he leaves, rolling one of his little black cigarettes in his hand. Just sauntering out yeah. into the night, leans against the side as he lights it, mm. takes a puff, looks up to the sky, and walks off, flicks the butt onto the floor. There you go, he's gone. Oh, Yeah. He'll be back. Really? Oh, yes. <laughs> Spoiler. Manuel will always be back. <laughs> so, fortunately for the Empire, Bardos, although a little bit ruthless, had plans. 
Mm. Oh, yeah, he didn't just want to be in charge. He wanted to be in charge because he, he wanted to do things. First thing, however, was the external threat to deal with. All those barbarians. <laughs> yes, and the caliphate, of Oh, course. and them as well. Yes, as we briefly talked about last week, under Theodora, there was some fighting with the caliphate led by Theoctetos. Uh, but it's very unclear what happened. It seems to have been deliberately erased from history. Ah. Yeah, everything's a bit dodgy. We've got some uh, Arabic sources that mention things that the Roman sources don't. Right. So, yeah, so uh, Theoctetus seems to have done relatively well at beating back some invasions, but we're not really sure. Anyway, Bardos wanted to make things clear. He wanted to make a clear Roman victory. Now, shortly after Michael III had secured the throne, both Bardos and the young emperor, who's around 17 by this point, set out to attack the caliphate. Because that always goes well. <laughs> it's, it's not gone too well so far, has no, it? No, not, not at all. No, it's not. And Michael is just a 17-year-old drunk. <laughs> so, um... <laughs> no, sir, lie down. No, like... <laughs> <laughs> well, unfortunately, this war is sketchy at best. It's not much better than what we had before. And what little we do know seems to have been entirely made up, possibly. <laughs> Wonderful. But I'll share with you what we've got, and then I'll tell you what's more likely to have happened. Now, according to Stylitzes, Michael III and Bardos attacked the Emirate of Melantine, which was currently being ruled by Amir al-Aktar. Right. But, uh, uh, essentially a vassal state for the caliphate. The caliphate's starting to break up. Really? Yeah. Um, but it's still very unified, but fracturing. I'm with you. Yeah. Um, so this is still in Anatolia, so it's still close. It's on the border of, of the Roman borders. It's on the right-hand side of Anatolia, basically. The major city in the area was Samosas, and it's on the bank of the Euphrates. Hmm. Michael III and Bardos siege this city, but on a feast day, the Emir's men throw open the doors and attack suddenly. The Romans were not ready for this. They were busy feasting and celebrating. Like you do when you're sieging a city. Yeah, might as well. Might, well yeah, You've been there be. for years. Might yeah, as well. exactly. Get drunk away there. Apparently, the emperor in particular was not ready and struggled to get on his horse. <laughs> Probably drunk. I said, give him a horse, I'll show The horse giving him a really disdainful look. Yeah. Oh, God. Goodness sake. Yeah, however, he managed to just sort of throw himself on, so he's just like lying on top of the <laughs> horse. Horizontal and snoring. Yeah. And the horse runs off and he escapes. Um, afterwards, Amir outmaneuvered Michael and surrounded him. Michael was about to be killed. He was completely surrounded by the caliphate men. When out of nowhere, there was a sound. A man. Picture this man. Shining armour. Oh. On horse. Smoke's billowing all over the place. I don't know why, but there is. Yeah. Sand, maybe. Yeah. There's something dramatic. Anyway, he rides slow motion through a, a bit of smoke. Steam. Who knows? Maybe someone's got the kettle <laughs> on. He rides through something. <laughs> slow motion. Skids to a stop on his horse. Michael, who was about to be killed, looks up to see who this brave man was who had ridden forth into battle to save his life. And who is it? Theodora. No. That would have been interesting. Is it who I think it is? Oh, yes. Is he smoking a black cigarette? Oh, yes, he is. <gasps> Yay! <laughs> Bonjour, monsieur. I've come to save you, my emperor. <laughs> <laughs> 
Michael Three just holds out a hand. Manuel throws him onto the back of his horse and they ride to safety. That is beautiful. Now, obviously, this is clearly not true. No. This is clearly confusing the tale with Theophilus. We've already yeah. had this tale. Yeah. There's no way Manuel saved both father and son no, in no, an identical No, I think he way. did. I think he did. Yeah. He's a family's guardian angel. <laughs> He'll always be there whenever an emperor needs a sudden saving. Yeah. Manuel will be there. Yeah, he's the um, oh, deus, deus ex machina. Yes. That's, that's what he is. Yes. <clears throat> okay, so we're going to say that happened. He didn't, but he's we're going to He's trying say... to earn his wings. That's why he's doing it. He's a guardian angel. Exactly. Okay. Well, as far as uh, historians can tell, none of this happened. And what actually happened... What they know? But they want evidence, don't they? I know. And what actually happened, apparently, in this war was that Michael III and Bardos defeated Amir, but not conclusively, as we saw. Okay, so yeah. another sort of, like, half-hearted, yeah, we sort of won, let's go back and have a triumph. All the stories of um, Michael being utterly useless and running away doesn't seem to be true. It just yeah. seems that Michael III and Bardos rode out and scored a minor victory, and then went home. Oh, wonderful. Yeah, but let's keep the story of Manuel saving him in, because... Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Anyway, it's around this time, possibly on this campaign, that Michael meets someone who will have a huge impact on his life. There's one story of how they met, and this is when a horse was presented to the Emperor. Now, we're not sure when, so I'm going to say it's on this campaign. He needed a horse to ride during the campaign, and he was presented with this massive stallion. My gosh, that's a massive horse. A stallion of a stallion, you might say. Wow. Yeah. He's got muscles where I didn't know horses had muscles. Exactly. It's... No, sir, that's his... Obviously, the horse was very fine. Everyone could see that. But uh, it was also wild and unmanageable. After some of Michael's friends attempted to tame the horse and failed. Just imagining several of his friends with just hoof prints in their faces. <laughs> I, I, I don't think I quite got there, Emperor. So. He's still a little bit angry. He's a bit testy. That horse is just in a stable and one by one his friends go in. You just hear thuds. People smashing through the walls. People shape silhouettes through the, <laughs> yes. the wood here. Um, anyway... <laughs> Eventually, after all his friends have had a go, they decide that maybe perhaps one of the stablemen should... Uh... Someone knows what they're doing, do you mean? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> maybe maybe uh, we, we just let the stablemen get on with their job, shall we? Uh, in fact, this one here, look. He's a tough-looking man. He's covered in muscles. A bit like the horse. This man had a name. Did he? Are you ready for this? Is it his poopy anus? It's not in that vein. Oh, really? No. Turns out that this man who worked in the stables rippling with muscles was Basil. <gasps> Basil! Yes. <laughs> oh, is this... I'm not going to ruin anything. Is this, is this the, the Basil goes on to bigger things? I'm not ruining anything. Just know that oh. there was a man named Basil. Basil! In case you don't know, History Dog is called Basil. Basil! Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, he'd be so happy. He will be so happy. Oh. So there we go. We now have Basil. Did he sort the horse out? Well. Because Basil would run away terrified. He hates horses. <laughs> My Basil, not the no, Basil. not the Basil. Well, the Basil was called, called forward. Um, the horse had escaped from the uh, stable by this point. In fact, he just kicked the stables down. <laughs> just by looking at them. Yeah. <laughs> So he strides forward, apparently, towards the unruly horse, grabs the horse by the reins, Ooh. leans forward, and whispers in the horse's ear. 
you better stop beeping around. (laughs) The horse starts to obey very quickly, apparently. I can only imagine what he said to the horse. (laughs) (laughs) Things best left to history. (laughs) Yes. Probably something along the lines of, I know a man named Thrax. (laughs) He taught me everything he knew. (laughs) He knew I did your (laughs) great-great-great-grandfather. Yes. Couldn't eat solid food again, could he? <laughs> and look where my hand is. <laughs> Ooh, okay, yeah. I'll stop. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, no, the horse started to obey, and uh, yeah. Michael got his horse, apparently, and was so impressed with this stablewoman that he took Basil into his service. It was not long before Michael and Basil were firm friends. Like me and Basil. Like you and Basil, yes. Yay. They both enjoyed similar things, namely fighting and drinking and chariot racing. He sounds fun. Yes, exactly. Now, it's not long before Basil was promoted to High Chamberlain. High Butler, I'm guessing. Oh, no, no, Chamberlain's sort of like a, an admin role, isn't it? Ah, it's interesting you say this, because this is a position that in the original Greek translates to one who sleeps nearby. To be honest, Ooh. in English, it's pretty close. The chamber, lame. That you makes lay sense. in the chamber. Oh, that, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, wow. I've never thought of this before. No. But yeah, the, the chamberlain is someone who lays nearby the emperor just in case he needs anything overnight. Like Basil does with me. Yes, exactly. Oh, the parallels are uncanny. Mini bodyguard style. Yeah, so bodyguard or... Kill the chamberlain first, then as he screams and gurgles, I can escape sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see how that works later. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Anyway, so a member of court would always sleep in the chamber with the emperor in case he needs anything, and this job was almost always given to a eunuch. Um, So it caused eyebrows to rise when uh, Basil was chosen to be the high chamberlain. The big, mussy, attractive man that smells plenty of horse. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Some suggested maybe games of Scrabble were played, um, but others say, no, they were just good friends. Probably doesn't really matter either way. No. They, they both got on. That's all we need to know. Fair enough. Yeah. So, just know that they're um, either playing Scrabble or playing Scrabble. Yeah. <laughs> um, whilst they're doing that, let's go back to this religious tangent, shall we? Yeah. So, remember, Photius is the leader of the moderate faction, and you've got Ignatius, who is the patriarch, in charge of the hardline faction. Yes. Now, of course, Bardos is now in charge, and he's good friends with Photios. And they realise that with Theodora out the way, there's no reason to put up with Ignatius anymore, so it's time to get rid of the hardline iconophile. Let's hope nothing bad happens to him. Hey, assassin, standing there. Hey. Well, not quite, not quite. Oh. To begin with, they need an excuse to go after the Patriarch. It didn't It didn't do to just attack the Patriarch. Treason. I mean, he is like head of the religion and everything. Treason. <laughs> well, fortunately, the tensions between the factions within the church had created a schism that meant an excuse was always round the corner. Mm-hmm. They, they didn't need to look far. In this case, it came to a head when it was revealed that Bardos had fallen in love. With his daughter-in-law. Oh. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's a bit weird. Yeah. One of those father-son outings that really did not go well. (laughs) Let's let's go fishing, son. I've got a few things we need to discuss. When when a man loves loves a woman very much, son, dad, I know all about this. Not quite this version, son. (laughs) (laughs) When a dad loves his son woman. Anyway, if this uh, wasn't bad enough, Bardos then publicly left his wife for the younger lady. Oh, dear. Yeah, this scandal was talk of the city, as you can probably imagine. And an outraged patriarch took the ultimate step 
and excommunicated the uncle of the emperor. Now this was all Bardos and Photius needed. It wouldn't take much to convince his nephew that the Patriarch was conspiring against the throne. He's trying to take power a person at a time. Yeah. After all, Michael was no fan of the Patriarch either, and it showed in several immature ways. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Creepy face. Uh, you're, you're really close there. <laughs> um, <laughs> you really are. <laughs> See, I'm a historian. Uh, I think it's later I talk about that one, but... We'll get to that. Um, <laughs> wow. Michael had a group of friends by this point, which yeah. we uh, we theorise Basil's in there as well, but this might be just before Basil. We're not really sure. But anyway, he's got a group of hangers-on, and they they like to have fun. They yeah. like to drink. They like to... to um, they like the bants, as they say. Archbishop of Banterbury. <laughs> Sorry. The reason why I'm finding that really funny is the next line in my notes is that they would dress up as bishops. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> so they would dress up as the archbishops of Banterbury. Um, and then <laughs> they'd do things like swap the, the wine for vinegar mixed with mustard just to see what would happen. Oh, in a church service. Yeah. <laughs> you have to like this. It's the blood of Yes, exactly. Wow. Or they would play stringed instruments and make up rude songs about Ignatius. So they'd get their guitars out and just loudly sing songs about the patriarch. Well, Rob, I hope you didn't um, cut out the last 20 minutes of those songs we just wrote. Oh, that, that, that was funny. They were hilarious. Funny stuff. Quite rude, though. Quite rude. So too rude for the podcast. Oh, don't cut them. No, I'm going to have to cut them out. It's when I managed to find a rhyme with Ignatius's flock. <laughs> and I realised that we'd gone too far. Yeah. Anyway, so they'd just generally uh, run around. Uh, they'd shout abuse at the patriarch. They'd make up songs about him. They'd interrupt services pretending to be bishops. They were just basically messing about. That was fun. Yeah. <laughs> Especially when you got the emperor as a friend. Yeah, exactly. But we can do that. Yeah. <laughs> Let's do it. do it. Grab a sheep. So yeah, so Bardos was thinking, this will be easy. I can get Michael to just uh, get rid of the patriarch. He doesn't like him already. So that's fine. However, just to make sure, Bardos had one more move to make. Uh, because Michael had recently decided that his mother and sisters would be better off out of sight, rather than just being kept up in the palace. Yes. Let's, let's ship them off to a monastery somewhere. So Bardos requested that the patriarch organise the shaving of their heads, just to make sure, but it was very clear that they were going to live a pious life in a monastery now. Yeah. Ignatius, obviously put in place by Theodora, very much on Theodora's yeah. side, just refuses to do this. Ooh. And this is all Bardos needs now. He goes off and explains to his nephew that Ignatius is clearly in league with his mother to retake <laughs> the throne. And Michael was easily convinced the patriarch was arrested and banished to the Isle of Princes, which is a small set of islands near Constantinople. Okay. Although he does move around a bit. He gets sent to various places. But we'll come back to that later. Because they need to replace him with someone. They need a patriarch. Who should who should the patriarch be? What's his face? Um, Photius. Photius, yes, exactly. That's great, though. But there are two small problems. Number one, Photius wasn't actually a bishop. <laughs> or indeed anything. He was a layman. 
He was uh, a theologian. Uh, he, he knew his stuff. He had extensive knowledge of theology. He knew what he was talking about, but he wasn't technically clergy. Yeah. Let's solve problem number one, shall we? How... Make him a bishop. <laughs> yeah, no, there you go. You got it. On the <laughs> 20th of December, he was tonsured, so his head was shaved. Uh, on the 21st, he was ordained a lector. On the 22nd of December, he was made a subdeacon. On the 23rd, <laughs> he was promoted to deacon. On the 24th... <laughs> Well done, you're a priest now. Uh, and on Christmas Day, yeah, they timed it nicely, he's now a bishop. That is amazing promotion. <laughs> is, that is the fast track. <laughs> it really is. Good way of opening that job to other people. So if you fancy being a bishop, look how fast you can do it. Yeah, exactly. If you have the, you're made of the right stuff, you can zoom you, yeah, through you could, If you're dedicated, I mean, the promotions are there, clearly. Yeah. Second problem's a slightly bigger one, though. Ignatius. He may have been exiled, but he'd not actually resigned. Oh, so he's still... He's still the patriarch. Ah. He can't be fired. So it's literally a job for life. Yeah. Right. And unless he steps down, there's nothing anyone can do about it. Well... Well, yeah. Um, I mean, there are some solutions. One is to uh, send some round to use their powers of persuasion to uh, convince him to resign. Hmm. So, Basil, take your bat. <laughs> Uh, well, this was done, but unfortunately the man wasn't getting the hint. Uh, things like, resign or I'll punch you in the face. Then they punch him in the face, and they keep punching him in the face, and he's still not getting it. <laughs> it's, he's just not. He just refuses to resign. So I don't know what to do, my fist getting very sore. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the city clearly couldn't have two patriarchs, that's not how it works. Madness. Yeah. So an unusual situation was set up where Photius ran the patriarchy, uh, but the official patriarch was in exile. So, it was decided, there's only one thing we can do here, let's write to the Pope in Rome. This is Pope Nicholas. He could officially say that Photius was in charge, and then job's done. Yeah. However, when the letter was sent, the reply came back, and it was not good news for Bardos and Photius. The Pope had heard what had happened, he'd read the letter, and he decided the most sensible thing to do would be to send a couple of bishops to investigate what had happened and then report back to oh, the Pope. Oh, no, 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 no. You don't need to do that. No. What, in, in investigation. No. No, 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 no it's no, fine. No, no, no. No. no, don't bring clipboards. No, no oh, oh, they're already on their way. Oh, God, it's going to take about a year for them to get here, but they now know there's an inspection coming. No so one he displays our guys. <laughs> Quick, update all the policies. <laughs> anyway. Hide the drunk, hide the drunk. <laughs> It's the Emperor. <laughs> Hide him! He might say things. Yeah, so that's looming. So let's come away from the religious story and let's go back to Michael. Because he's been fighting. Yay! And not just in a drunken way. No. <laughs> uh, this is with the Caliphate again. Bardos and Michael were keen to consolidate more victories. So they set off again, this time to siege Samosas. Maybe for the second time, maybe for the first time. It's all murky. But anyway, the Caliphate managed to hold the city that was in the bottom right of Anatolia. And uh, Michael and Bardos wanted to get it back. The siege was underway. All the siege engines were brought out. All the fire pits were dug. Yay. All the rations were sorted out. Ladders checked. Ladders checked. Straightened. Everyone had got their underwear sorted for the next three, four months. It's a lot of underwear. Exactly. But you can never be too prepared in a siege. That's true, yeah. They're ready to go. They're ready to siege the hell out of this city. Right. When news suddenly reaches them. Constantinople is under attack. 
What? That's not how it works. Those damn Bulgars. Oh, Bulgars. What? What? Sorry, what's that, Roger? N- not Bulgars. Oh. Oh. But we're fighting the Caliphate, and it's not the Bulgars. Well, who the hell is it, then? <laughs> According to the reports, these were people who had never been seen before. They had come out of the Black Sea in long, shallow boats, raiding all they could see. Raiders? In long boats. Did they have dragons at the front of their boats? Oh, yes, possibly, maybe. I'm not sure. But yes, let's say yes. Yeah. God, say it, Jamie. Say it. Say it. <laughs> Vikings. Oh, yes. Yes! yes! Vikings. Sort of. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I have to put a qualifier on here. Yes. Uh, this is the Rus, who will become the Russians. Oh! Which at this time is theorised is actually being led by Norsemen who were like the ruling class and they ruled over a Slavic group of people. Right. So it's a... A subsect. It's Norsemen and Slavic men and eventually the, the Slavic group would overthrow the Norse people and oh. that's the way it goes. But for, for, for simplification's sake, Vikings, Jamie. Oh. Vikings. This is Eudocia getting her revenge. You're going to be my husband! <laughs> oh no, we'll come back to her, don't worry. Oh. Um, yes. Photius, who's acting patriarch, remember, at this time, described them as a swarm of wasps and a thunderbolt from heaven. It's uh, not good. They came from nowhere and they just started raiding everything they could see. <laughs> Who the bloody hell are you? Michael III and Bardos lift the siege immediately and rush back to the capital, fearing the worst. I mean, what are they yeah. going to see when they get there? Oh, yeah. Who the hell are these guys? They sound a bit scary. However, they were much relieved when they finally got to Constantinople to see a standing city still. How and why and when the invaders retreated is unknown. The sources talk a lot about God sending storms and heathens and such, uh, but obviously, in reality, it's far more likely that the Rus had gathered as much as they could then took one look at the Theodosian walls and went, nah. <laughs> Screw that. Yeah, we, we've got plenty of loot, guys. Bye. Let's head back. But uh, quite like it here. We might be back. <laughs> might be back yeah. at some point. Good resources. Yeah. Um, however, there is one additional story to uh, this invasion by the Rus, and that is that one group of Rus had sailed past the city and they'd spotted a small group of islands. Uh, really not far away. I wonder if there's any loot on there, they thought. so. Island, the... of, Island of Prince. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, and who is there? <laughs> Currently, a very badly beaten Ignatius. I mean, he's missing teeth and everything. Right. He's, yeah, he's in a bad way. He's being tortured, basically. Um, he's not in a good mood. He's not in a good mood. He's he's got a bit of a break at the moment. He's he's recovering. He's He's probably lying in a bed feeling very sore. Yeah. And uh, he wakes up one morning. Uh, those birds are very loud this morning. Oh, oh no, that that sounds like screaming. <laughs> why, why is there screaming? Oh dear. And then suddenly a big hairy Viking just kicks the door down. Oh, Massive dear. horned helmet that uh, he wears just to annoy people. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> who, who like to point out that Vikings didn't have horns on his helmet. I'll prove them wrong. Yeah, it's like, well, I bloody do. <laughs> so, there you go. <laughs> no one else, just him in all of history. Yeah, yeah. We'll call him Russ. Horny Russ. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, 22 men on the island apparently were slaughtered, some literally hacked to pieces. Oh. Ignatius apparently just manages to escape. Just hobbling away. Hobbling away. It's like, this is not fair. What's going on? <laughs> yeah. Meanwhile, Michael was um, settling back into being emperor. After all, the invaders seem to have gone. Um, yeah, the, the suburbs outside the walls are very damaged. So let's start rebuilding that. But you guys get on with that because I've got some drinking and some games to watch. Bardos, perhaps under the influence of his academic friend, acting patriarch Photius, uh, decided that it's, let's not just start rebuilding the suburbs, but let's start restoring some of the things that have been left to rack and ruin a bit. Yeah, restoring the glory. Well, if you remember, Theophilus did a really good job mm. of restoring a lot of the city. Yeah. But one area he didn't look into was the university. Mm. Now, the university that was founded under Theodosius II, wow. uh, way back in Series 1, mm. um, has kind of fallen into disuse of late. No one was turning up to lectures anyway because it's a university, but <laughs> I mean, the lecturers stopped turning up, and soon enough it's just an empty building. Yeah. Yeah, so. Full of pigeons. Yeah, exactly. So a real push on learning started with chairs of philosophy, mathematics, and astronomy being established. There was a really, real sense of really pushing knowledge. Uh, after all, the damn caliphate are still banging on about this golden age that they're having. <laughs> Uh, they're making all sorts of discoveries. They've discovered alcohol. And numbers. And distilled spirits. I mean, <gasps> yeah, it's, it, it sounds pretty good over there. We need some of that. So, um, yeah. Meanwhile, Michael was just uh, really enjoying being emperor. he just turned 20. He had his new best friend, Basil. Everything was looking good. Another thing that he wanted, however, was his mistress back. Oh, Eudocia. Yeah, maybe seeing those, uh, those Norsemen invading made him go, hang on. Yeah. <laughs> I remember those sexy Vikings. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Bring me more. Yeah, so Eudocia in Ingerina had not just gone away because he was married. She was still very much on the scene, but it was getting increasingly hard for him to carry on his affair. Uh, Michael had enough about him to realise that it would do him no good if it was widely known that he was having an affair. We can't keep playing Scrabble in private, my dear. Yes, exactly. So, a plan was created that meant that Ingerina would be able to be in his presence regularly without any suspicion whatsoever. Kill her, burn her, and carry the ashes around. Technically, that would have worked, but he wanted her alive so they could play Scrabble. Oh. Scrabble partners? He can't be his her Scrabble partner. He's got a, a wife. Oh, something bad happens to his wife. Or just marry, marry her. No, no. He doesn't want to play Scrabble with his wife. He's allowed to play Scrabble with Basil, but he's not too interested in that. But what if... Basil marries... Oh, yeah, you got it. You got it. Took, I mean, you've really spelt it out, mate, really obvious, but <laughs> yeah. I got there in the end. It's fine, I'll cut out the last 15 minutes. Um, <laughs> Are you telling me repeatedly what the plan was? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, he marries Basil to his mistress, so... They burn her. No, no, you can't... <laughs> yeah, it was pretty much like that. Yeah. Um, we got there in the end. We did. Um, yes. It was soon set up, and the Emperor's mistress was indeed married to the Emperor's friend. Very much like Nero and Otho. Yeah! Yes. Weird. Yeah, going way, way, way back now, but yeah. Yeah. Just like that. Amazing the crazy ideas you come up with when you've got loads of power and you're young. 
Yeah, <laughs> it really is. There you had an emperor marrying his mistress off to someone else, and that person eventually becomes emperor. Hmm. Crazy. Spoiler. Crazy. Anyway, it um it has been suggested to keep his friend entertained, shall we say, Michael then offered his sister, Thecla, as a mistress to Basil. Just because, I mean, Michael doesn't want Basil getting ideas. This is a marriage no. of convenience. Yeah, don't, you know, no playing Scrabble with her. Oh, God, no. no. I mean, bit of Monopoly. That's fine. Yeah. Cluedo? Yeah, you can dabble into Cluedo, but yeah. Scrabble, no. Ooh, it's no. our game. So, it's around this time that... Uh, Michael's sorting out his love life. The, the inspectors turn up. Oh, forgot about you guys. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Hi. Oh, I knew we were supposed to be sorting something out. <laughs> <laughs> Burn the files. Burn the files. <laughs> you just got priests and bishops running down <laughs> corridors, just throwing bits of paper <laughs> into cupboards and then throwing a match in afterwards. <laughs> 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 yeah, two bishops, each with a clipboard. Stroll into Constantinople. Wearing grey. Yeah. Looking, you know, late 50s, early 60s, very serious. Yes. But you'll be pleased to know the royal household were actually prepared. Oh. Yes. Actually, I'm, I'm displeased to know that. I was hoping it'd be a mad panic. Well, first of all, the acting patriarch, Photios, greeted the inspectors and uh, threw all the riches he could at them. In fact, even before they arrived, he started sending them gifts. So... <laughs> I imagine them both standing there looking and they'd be given like a golden crown, a few chalices and a big, a trunk full of gold. They look at it, they just look down, their clipboard's like writing. Yeah. You just see the, the shape of a, a cross being drawn. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> That's not working. <laughs> Damn it. More gold? Not another cross, no! <laughs> if I stop talking, will you stop putting cross? Oh, you put it on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> anyway. So, lots of gifts towards the inspectors. They were guests of honour at banquets. Again, they didn't eat anything. They just sat. <laughs> One of them picked up a shrimp and just looked at it, put it down. Yeah. Another cross. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, they attended the entertainments. Uh, they generally lived the good life while they awaited an audience with the emperor. Then, when they met the Emperor, uh, they managed to sober him up. <laughs> Come on, Michael. It's like, this is important. We've got to pass the inspection. Have some of this black grainy stuff from the caliphate. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, Michael was uh, perfectly polite. Uh, he, he knew what he was doing. The uh, inspecting bishops were led into his presence, and Michael greeted them very politely, although he did point out at one point that he was the Emperor, and how easy it would be for them to return home safely was... Entirely up to him. <laughs> Shakes hand, leans in. I can have you killed. The inspectors just both look at each other in unison, look back down to their clipboards. Cross. <laughs> <laughs> Emperor's been startled for a minute. Oh, okay. it's not working. <laughs> what do I do now? <laughs> Bardos, what do I do? Bardos! Eventually, um, they get their way because they really want to meet with Ignatius, after all. I mean, yeah. you're saying he's not fit to be patriarch. <laughs> um, I mean, look at this state and no teeth. <laughs> well, Black eye. <laughs> I mean, he is dragged out. They meet with him, uh, but it's not the meeting that Ignatius wanted. Ignatius wanted to meet with these bishops dressed as the patriarch and put forth his case. Yeah. Instead, he was put in 
simple monk attire, and he was put in the same room as the inspecting bishops, but rather than him being able to talk, he had to sit in the corner while 72 witnesses were called out one after another to explain to the inspecting bishops exactly why the old patriarch was unfit for office. Oh, that sounds like my interview. Yeah. My job. Now, everything so far maybe wasn't working for, with the inspectors, but they were impressed by this. Yeah. I mean, this this blinding them with paperwork, essentially. <laughs> We've got a lot of data on the old patriarch. A lot of records. Yeah. Look, do you want to see a chart? We've got charts. We've got charts. Look, we've got 72 witnesses and Jeff, but just ignore what he says. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, he's brilliant. <laughs> I love him. So, I mean, things start looking quite good, in fact. They managed to convince the inspectors that Ignatius had only ever been put in place because Theodora had put him there. Hmm. Theodora, by the way, Western bishops, is, uh, in case you hadn't noticed, a woman. <sighs> the inspectors both look at each other. One of them starts sweating slightly. It's one bead. Yeah. They're not used to this. No. A, a woman, you say. Feet. Yeah, male. And, uh, yeah, Photius says something along the lines of, well, we know what you feel about women being in charge. And, uh... Imagine that. Ignatius uh, is only there because a woman gave him that power. A woman. Inspectors look down. Big, massive tick. Oh. Yeah. So, after bribery, failed threats, and a bombardment of information, decided that Photius was indeed the correct man for the job. Because Ignatius just kept, you know, fainting from pain and <laughs> yes. dribbling on the floor. It's clearly not up to it. Spitting up blood. He's yeah, just exactly. a mess. He's not. Yeah. Anyway, Pope Nicholas found out. He was outraged. <laughs> <laughs> I sent my best man. <laughs> <laughs> yes. His bishops had supposed to have been on a fact-finding mission, not drawing any conclusions. It was go over there, find out what's going on, come Bring back and report back. to me. Yeah. Don't say that Photius can be the patriarch, but that's what they've done. It did... <laughs> got an image now of those 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 bishops just dressed in party clothes. Oh yeah, alcohol. yeah, just... they're gone mad. They're letting loose now. <laughs> yeah, that's seduced by the power. <laughs> so yeah, it did not help the Pope's temper when a friend of Ignatius suddenly turned up in Rome and told the Pope exactly what had happened during the investigation. So the Pope now fully knows what happens, and also knows what happened just afterwards. Because according to one source, Photius and Bardos, now feeling more confident, had Ignatius stretched upon the cracked tomb of Constantine Pooface. Oh. You remember? Oh, the smell. Iconoclast extraordinaire. Yeah. So they uh, stretched him over the tomb and attached heavy weights to his wrists and ankles. They kept him in that position until he was almost unconscious. And then, with a shaky hand, he finally signs his resignation letter. Oh. Now, upon hearing this, the Pope had had enough. He writes to Alexandria, Antioch, and Jerusalem, and informed the patriarchs there that Photius was a usurper. Ooh. However, by this time, Bardos and Michael III were busy in military matters once more, so we're going to leave the religious tangent to one side and back to Michael. Now, to begin with, Bardos's brother had led some troops east to deal with Amir once more. He seems right. to still be around. Or, again, this is the first time they fight. It's really hard to work it out. Um, but anyway, reports soon come back that a decisive battle has taken place, and Amir 
had been killed. Oh, Yes, Petronius, Baldos's brother, then led some raids into Caliphate land. Oh, yeah, that's so been a while. It's been a while, and yeah, there you go. Some raiding into the Caliphate is going on. Now, there was a chance that Michael III was actually there for this, sources differ, but one Caliphate source has the Emperor actually being there during these raids. So Michael could have been okay. there. And if Michael was there, Bados surely would have been there as well. Yeah. Or maybe Bados would stay behind to look after things. Yeah. Who knows? If if Michael was there, good opportunity for Basil to stay behind in Constantinople, I guess. I imagine Basil would always be with Michael at this point. Always. They were like drinking buddies. All right. Yeah. Anyway, it's not long after that Michael was forced to look west, however. He was reluctant at first. After all, they were doing well in the east, and he didn't want to stop this run of good luck that they were having with the caliphate. But it did appear that time was ripe for attacking the Bulgars. In fact, his advisors told him they really had to act quickly right now. This is important. We've got an opportunity here. Now, you might be wondering, where the hell have the Bulgars been? Yeah. They, they seem to have dropped out the story quite a bit. I'm guessing internal problems or... Oh, yes. We need to have a catch-up with the Bulgars. So, Crum. Crum. Yes, going way Crum. back here. Uh, Crum defeated Nykephros, if yep. you remember. Ny- Nykephros had died. Then Omortag, Crum's son, had yeah. taken over. Great name. Um, the 30-year peace treaty was made with Leo V. That's the uh, dog ball treaty, if you remember. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Eat these. <laughs> no. Then Omotag had died and his son took over for a few years. Then that son's nephew, called Pression, had ruled from 836 to 852. However, it's not Pression, but Pression's son who we're interested in. So we go further on in time. And this is Boris. 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 When Boris becomes the Bulgar king in 852, uh, Michael was 12 at this point, it looked like the Bulgars might attack the Empire. Remember last episode I did say that the Bulgars looked like they might be ready to attack. Yeah. And then it just kind of disappears. That's because Boris suddenly had other things to worry about. Because to his east is the biggest threat to his kingdom, the Romans. Oh, Romans. Yeah. Um, But to his west, there was... Another problem, because to his west were two states. One was a growing Slavic state of Moravia, and beyond that was East Francia. East Francia? What's going on there? So quick quick catch up there. (laughs) Louis, son of Charlemagne, had died, and the restored Western Empire had been split into three. That always works well. Oh, yes. So now the Western Empire is West, Middle, and East Francia. Oh, right. Yeah. So the East Francia, essentially going into old Germania, yeah. is where we're talking here, uh, was currently ruled by Louis the German. <laughs> uh, bonjour, I'm Louis the German. <laughs> yeah. The German. Guten Tag. <laughs> Guten Tag. Now, That's really hard to do. <laughs> yeah, it really is. Um, Moravia was worried about East Francia and proposed to Basil that the Moravians and the Bulgars team up and attack Louis the German uh, before they get attacked. Uh, and it was an utter disaster. Yeah, wonderful. East Francia forced the Bulgars out of the war, and Boris was much weaker than he was before. But none of this is what makes Boris interesting to us. That was just a bit of a uh, background in what's going on politically for the Bulgars. The reason why we're talking about Boris is the fact that Boris is toying with the idea of becoming Christian. Ah. Yeah. And therefore, converting the entire Bulgar kingdom to Christianity. That's quite a big thing. It's quite a big thing. Because then, even if they're they are enemies, they wouldn't really be. You'd have to sort of 
be friendly with, I guess, Italy and Constantinople. And... Yeah, yeah, it's a big change. Instead of having all these pagans like sitting in between the East and Western empires, uh, you, you'll have more Christians. And from a purely militaristic point of view, that's good in defence against the caliphate. Could be, yeah. See, there's potential here. It changes the political map, that's for sure. Yes. However, of course, there's a slight problem. I mean, Christian is a very vague term. <laughs> yes. And currently... Which one? <laughs> the Pope and the Patriarch in Constantinople hate each other. Yeah, because of dodgy workings. Let's call it that. Yeah. So, all of a sudden, the East and the West start eyeing up the Bulgars and start thinking... Hmm, if they're thinking of converting to Christianity, what type of Christianity? The good kind or the 65 other kinds? <laughs> yes, exactly. It's a trouble with divisions, isn't it? It's like, you know, you know one, one religion can't just be, let's just be, you know, I, I get you have a different slight belief to us, but you know, we're, we're under the same umbrella. Not in this time, no. 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 Well, even now, to well, be fair. Well, yeah. Let, let's see how this plays out, shall we? Um, <laughs> Boris starts talking to Louis the German to begin with, so the guy who just defeated him. And obviously, if you're talking to Louis the German, you're therefore talking to the Pope. Yes. Um, anyway, talking about the possibility of converting to Christianity, Louis the German suggested if they allied and you become Christian, uh, they could provide aid if things went bad with Moravia, or, heaven forbid, the Eastern Empire. I mean, they're Christians, but they do things a bit odd over there, don't they? <laughs> so, that's happening. Well, that's interesting, actually, because even though they were defeated, the, the Eastern Frank Empire are quite conciliatory. conciliatory. They're, they're shoring up power, essentially. Yeah, yeah. 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 Anyway. Let's... More soldiers there, I think. Yes. <laughs> let's jump back to uh, Michael, Bardos and Photius, who were watching this with horror. So, <laughs> what, what, what? No. So, if this happens, it would spread the Pope's and the Western Empire's influence to their doorstep. Yeah. There'd be all sorts of Christians with weird beliefs right next to them. So, um, they were wondering what to do when a Moravian delegation suddenly shows up in Constantinople. Oh, hello. We don't like the look of the Bulgars and the Eastern Frankish Kingdom teaming up and surrounding us. Can we convert to Christianity as well? <laughs> but your Christianity. But your kind. <laughs> we'd really like to be, like... Like the kind of Christianity you guys are. What what is it today? Is it icons? Are they a thing at the moment? I mean, we don't mind whichever. But, like, yeah. but do whatever you we'll want. Cross, but we can burn it if you want. <laughs> yeah. What I, are you up to? I've got a I've got a fake moustache and everything. Look, we we <laughs> go either way. Anyway, Photius jumps at this chance of spreading Eastern style Christianity, and sent a very talented man to go and spread the word of Christ. This was a man named Cyril. <laughs> The names are getting ridiculous. <laughs> Basil, Cyril, and Boris. Yeah, gone are the the days of uh, Pupianus, I'm afraid, <laughs> or Augustus and Titus. Yeah, although you all have heard of Cyril before. Cyril Regis, the football player. No, no. I was almost named Cyril. Really? That was almost my name. Wow. My dad wants to call me Cyril after Cyril Regis. Wow. Yeah, I'm really glad he didn't. Really glad. I mean, really this glad. podcast wouldn't exist because there's no way I'd have been your friends. <laughs> I wouldn't blame you. <laughs> we apologise to all Cyril's listening out. <laughs> <laughs> it's lovely now. Anyway, Cyril, who went over to Moravia, um, and according to some sources, realised he had to spread the word of Christ, but uh, the, these barbarians, they didn't have a, a written language that he could spread the word of Christ with. Yes, shout. But, but on the seventh day! 
no, no, let's not do that. Let's uh, just create a written language for them. Oh. Let's create the Cyrillic script. I feel like I should have heard of that. That is what Russia used today. That's what... Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's quite um, cool. Yeah, this is where that alphabet starts. In, possibly. There is some debate on this. Yeah. This might be a different one. But we're starting to see uh, the barbarians starting to, to get their own written language, basically. It's like proto-Russian. Yeah. Essentially. Yeah. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah, yeah. Well, the, the script, anyway. It's not yeah, quite yeah. the language yet. But yeah. 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 Wow. It's just an interesting little fact. Anyway, meanwhile, Michael and Bardos pull the fleet together... And they decide now is the time. We need to invade Bulgaria. Bulgaria are weak. Um, they, they've just lost, and they're about to convert to Christianity. So let's get in there straight away. Now, Boris was just not in a strong enough position to fight back when Michael and Bardos suddenly invade. And after several cities fall, he sends envoys to the emperor, asking, what can I do to just make you stop? Because I can't <laughs> stop this. Please. Michael's reply was very simple. We hear you're thinking of becoming Christian. Fine, do so. Come to Constantinople, and we will happily baptise you in true Orthodox Christianity. Wonderful. Yes. Boris almost immediately agreed. He's got no choice. Okay. It's like, fine, bloody hell, I'll do that then. <laughs> I mean, one of the main reasons to convert to Christianity was to have strong allies to protect themselves against the Eastern Empire. No religious reasons, just oh, no. <laughs> political. Yeah. So why not just ally with the East itself and therefore job done? Sure enough, Boris arrives in the capital. He was baptised. He changes his name to Michael. Yeah. Yeah, and um, the Bulgars become Christian. Oh, overnight. Right. All, all those Bulgars living in their houses go to bed pagan. Wake up. Apparently we're Christian now. Going into heaven. Brilliant. Um, so, God and Jesus, are they the same? <laughs> are they one? <laughs> or are they t Just a bishop flies through the window and tackles them no! to the ground. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's weird to think that Bulgaria is from, as an established country, it's one of the earliest in Europe. Yeah, no this way. is this is the start. Although, as we'll see, uh, the, the yeah. history fluctuates. But yeah, yeah essentially, does, but... we have a Bulgaria on the map now. Yes. Wow. Yeah. Relations between Rome and Constantinople have sunk to new lows. Yeah. Yes, you can imagine. Pope Nicholas is outraged by this. What the hell? You can't say that, sir. What the Dickens? Yes. <laughs> Who? <laughs> Michael wrote to the Pope, demanding that that friend of Ignatius who had run off and told the Pope what was going on, if you remember, <laughs> yeah. uh, demanding that he be returned to Constantinople. If not, Michael would come to Rome and take him. Ooh. Yeah. Them's fighting. I imagine that letter was uh, scribbled out at like two in the morning after lots of drinking. Yeah. I'll show that Popey. The Pope replied that Rome was and always would be the head of Christianity. <laughs> Michael had no power in the West. Them's be fighting words. Yeah. However, he said, if Michael sent Ignatius and Photius to Rome, he would hear both claims to the patriarchy and decide who could be in charge in Constantinople. Now, obviously... Michael's thinking, no, this is done and sorted. The inspectors yeah. said Photius is fine, so we're not opening that door again. But obviously Pope Nicholas is going, no, I never said that was okay. 
So arguments are still going on there. And this goes down as well as could be expected. But before anything can be done, and before anything starts getting really bad, developments in Bulgaria come to Michael's ears. Boris had asked for a Bulgar patriarch. Alexandria's got one. That's in the caliphate. Jerusalem's got one. That's in the caliphate. Antioch's got one. That's in the caliphate. We're a Christian kingdom. Surely we should have a patriarch. Just to show that we're full-on Christian now. Yeah. Like, I've, I've got, like, cross tattoos all over me and yeah. all sorts. So. It's like the wax stamp, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Photius had scoffed at the idea. Ha! <laughs> Some dirty pagans having a patriarch. I, mean, yeah, I know they're Phil. Christian, but no. Smear no, savages. Still barbarians. Yeah, that was pretty much the attitude of Photius. Huh. Boris was not at all happy with this. And on top of this, it would appear that Boris was having a bit of trouble with, like, all his people. Ah. Because it would turn out that um, it's one thing to say, right then, we're all Christian now, guys and quite another for an entire population to accept it. Odd that. Hmm. Yeah. I didn't assume there'd be any social problems. Well, many Bulgars were not happy at all that a bunch of Greek-speaking bishops had suddenly arrived, because Constantinople had essentially sent an army of bishops Hmm. to just go and spread the word of how things needed to be done. And they were going up and down Bulgaria, telling the Bulgars what they could and couldn't do. Things like take those trousers off. Trousers are inappropriate wear, not like take trousers off. (laughs) (laughs) That's later on. Yeah. (laughs) So Boris, therefore, decided to write to the Pope. Excuse me, sir. A couple of questions. Um, 106, in fact. Yes. (laughs) Boris wrote 106 questions to the Pope. Mainly, we're being told this. It doesn't seem logical. It doesn't seem right. How do you see how wearing trousers affects any form of religious observance or faith? And uh, your head honcho of Christianity, uh, we have heard. So what do you think, Nicholas? Pope Nicholas sees his opportunity and the not-so-subtle hint. Uh, He wrote (laughs) back explaining that the Bulgars, yeah, of course you can wear trousers. The East don't know what they're talking about. Trousers, they're in. I'm I'm wearing some right now. (laughs) We all have trousers. Go for it. And turbans, yeah, you can wear them. No, ignore them. Everyone else can wear trousers. And... uh, Bigamy, bigamy. No, actually, you need to stop the bigamy, guys. Yeah. Yeah, no, these know what they're talking about there, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Wrong. (laughs) Boris had what he wanted. He immediately expelled all Eastern bishops from his kingdom and welcomed the Western church in instead, the population finding this style of Christianity easier to deal with. This was a huge blow, but there was little that Michael or Bardos could do. Yeah. Or, more to point, just Bardos, because by this point in time, Michael had just retreated more and more into his palace and was just enjoying life rather than actually being involved in running anything. He spent all day drinking, basically, and partying. He started to actually race in the chariot races, and he had a marble stable built just for his horse. Shades of Caligula there. Yeah. Now, perhaps worried for the future of the Empire, Bardos arranged that... He should become Caesar, just in case. You don't have any children, so if, heaven forbid, your liver finally packs up, uh, <laughs> maybe maybe I should be Caesar, just just in case. If yeah, Cirrhosis finally takes you down. Yeah, so, yeah, just sign here. No, here, here, Michael. What? 
I just explain what it is. You know what? It's just it's an order for more booze. Great, there we go. Thank you. <laughs> Job done. Yeah, all pretense was gone. Bardos was now running the Empire, and he was now next in line. And although he was older, most assumed that Michael would die first, either yeah. through liver problems or some kind of accident. It's only a matter of time. Bardos, now with more power than ever, decided perhaps it was time to look at the Caliphate for a while. They'd been doing all right over there, fighting, so maybe look over there. And it was still bugging everyone that Crete was still in the Caliphate hands. I did mention they seemed to get Crete back for a while, but mm. if they did, it wasn't for long. No. It's back in Caliphate hands. Four and a half minutes. <laughs> yeah, maybe. So Badass arranged for an invasion of the island to get it back. Michael, always up for a fight, sobered up enough to come along. I don't think he did sober up so Maybe like, not. Yeah, maybe he's just yeah, going along. Go. Yeah, I'll go with you. But Bardos! 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 So it's a statue. <laughs> shh! Shh! I'm, I'm talking. Bardos! He's there for a day. <laughs> yes. Eventually, though, after convincing the Emperor that it was indeed a statue, they moved through the east coast of Anatolia to Miletus, if I'm pronouncing that correctly, uh, where their fleet was waiting. Yeah. On the morning of the invasion, Bardos and Michael sat side by side in front of the fleet, listening to reports. It was decided all was well. Everything is ready. The fleet could indeed move off as soon as we have boarded. Bardos stood up, but noticed Basil, always close by. Like my Basil? Yeah. Basil made a signal. Bardos instantly realised what was going on and oh. reached for his sword. Oh, but wow. it was too late because Basil punched him in the face. <laughs> and he went down like a sack of potatoes. So Basil does to me. Yeah. <laughs> At this point, other men came forward and finished the Emperor's uncle off. Oh. Bardos's genitals were removed and placed Ooh. upon a spear. Oh. Yeah. Oh, no. Just to no. show all that he had died. No. Which begs the question, what was so distinctive about Bardos's genitals that everyone would go... Yeah, that's Bardos, all right. Tattoo. Tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> Got one of those cut here tattoos. Yes. Regretted that. Yeah. yeah. Well, what everyone said, his genitals are a bit weird because one testicle is bigger than the other two. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. So, so <laughs> fighting then broke out amongst the troops. Not everyone was on Michael's side here, but it was eventually put down. Now, we don't know if this assassination was Michael's idea, perhaps resenting Bardos's move to become Caesar, or perhaps it was all of the idea of his friend Basil. Well, if it's the Basil I'm thinking of, because I know there's a Basil 1 at some point, <laughs> and a Basil 2. Yeah, maybe. He, has, he may have ambitions. Well, we'll see. A letter was then sent off to Photius, obviously Bardos's friend and patriarch. We need to uh, let him know. Yeah. Turns out, Bardos, your good friend, was a traitor. I was trying to usurp. Who knew? Who knew? Well, we <laughs> did. That's why we put his genitals on a spike. <laughs> Photius replied, and I'll quote here, The virtue and clemency of your majesty forbid me to suspect that the death of the Caesar was anything but what is alleged. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> You've killed my friend. The invasion was then called off. Michael realises he's got to get back to the capital. There might be some unrest here. Bardos was essentially ruling the place. Yeah. So he's got to oh, get no. out. Do I have to emperor now? <laughs> 
Well, no, fortunately. Good. Uh, because it was not long after this that an announcement was made in the Hagia Sophia. There was already a hint of as to what was going to happen, uh, because next to the throne was another throne. That's odd, everyone thought. Um, then the Emperor turns up and announced that Bardos was indeed a traitor, that's why they killed him, and it was only because of the quick action of Basil that he was still alive. So? Therefore, he has decided that Basil deserved to be co-Emperor. Hick. <laughs> Pass the wine. Oh, wow! After a somewhat forced celebration was had... While people were digesting what the hell had just happened, the stable boys, whose friends with the Emperor, just become co-Emperor. What? What? I mean, so you'd never touched alcohol until you'd met Basil, which is, <laughs> I find weird. Um, yeah, so people were trying to figure out what on earth was going on. But meanwhile, Photius was making his next move against the Pope. I mean, he's not going to let that drop just because no. Bardos is dead. Now, due to politics in the West, Pope Nicholas had suddenly become very unpopular. He had refused a divorce for one of the three Frankish kings. So, being related, the kings decided that Pope Nicholas uh, maybe should be replaced. Oh. Yeah. Photius, hearing this, wrote to King Louis II the current king of Middle Frank here, <laughs> saying, if you depose Nicholas as Pope, we'll recognise you as Emperor of the West. Oh. Yeah. See, that's a nice carrot. However, that's a lot of effort because the other two Frankish kings won't like that. Well, if we do do Series 3 on the Holy Roman Emperor, we'll be going into the ins and outs of that. Oh. Oh, yes. So, the deal was done. Nicholas was deposed. Oh. <laughs> Fair enough. Yes. Louis II, high morals there. Photius smiled to himself as he went to sleep that night. Yeah. Yes. Job well done. Ah. Meanwhile, Michael seemed to start regretting his move. Basil seemed a lot more serious now. Um, he has so many beers in his hand. No, he keeps going off and, like, ruling and making decisions and I just want a party and where's my friend Basil gone and... He's just becoming boring. So Michael, perhaps as a joke, perhaps serious, we have no idea, um, one day took an oarsman from his barge and took him to the Senate and said the following, Oh friends, I should have promoted this man rather than Basil to the rank of the Emperor. I regret what I did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you can see what joke or... Yeah. It's like, is he being serious? Is he just drunk? Is he trying to make a point? We don't know. What what is he doing there? So you could, yeah, you can certainly see as a political point, as in, you know, I could put anyone in charge here. Yeah, maybe it's that. Or maybe it was him just going, no, nope, change my mind now. I want, what, what's your name? Jeff. Jeff the Oarsman. He's going to be brilliant. It's going to be great. I mean, to be fair, it took three attempts to get here. Yeah. But he'd be fantastic. And we were next door. Uh, <laughs> what even on a river <laughs> I assume he's an oarsman he's, he's holding an oar <laughs> oh oh no he's a chef <laughs> he's got the image of a very confused looking <laughs> chef holding his oar <laughs> I like meringues <laughs> anyway um, what the senate did is not recorded probably smiled politely yeah yeah Michael started to fear that Basil had his eye on soul power. <laughs> it's a sharp tool, is Michael. <laughs> Hang on. <laughs> I think this Basil's up to something. <laughs> Got a sneaking suspicion <laughs> that maybe... So he hatches a plot. 
He gets the uh, the whiteboard out. It's just him and Jeff. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> He's going to get rid of Basil. He's going to kill him. Right. Yeah. They're going to go hunting and on the signal, Jeff, right? You throw the lance. <laughs> you throw the oar. <laughs> <laughs> We're sharp in the end. Uh, <laughs> throw one of the lances, uh, but actually throw it at Basil and kill him. Hunting accident. Oh, no. Yeah. Terrible. So, that's the plan. The hunt started. The signal was given. Michael, subtle signal. Now, Jeff, now! Michael watched as the lance or, or uh, sailed through the air and thud right in the middle of the patch of grass right next to Basil. Basil plays it cool. I almost hit me that did. <laughs> that could have been unfortunate. Yes. Then, <laughs> Praise be to God it didn't. <laughs> then one night soon after, after a lot of drink, Michael staggered to bed. His Chamberlain that day went with him. Obviously, that was his job. Although it wasn't the usual Chamberlain. Um, the usual Chamberlain was off doing something else. Yeah. So he... This one looks a lot tougher, gruffer and meaner. No, no, no. A lot, no. lot smaller, weaker... And uh, oh. <laughs> yeah, he was he he was just chosen that day. You you're going to be Chamberlain today. Am I going to live the night, sir? <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> I'm going to be honest. Don't don't make any holiday plans. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have wife and get oh well. The Chamberlain helped Michael into bed, who just fell unconscious straight away. He then went to bolt the door. He couldn't bolt the door. Mm. The bolt was bent. Oh dear. Why is the bolt bent? He asked himself. <laughs> I'm, I'm not got a good feeling about this. <laughs> so he decides perhaps not to go to sleep. I imagine he wouldn't anyway. <laughs> no. He's wide awake that night. He wants to appreciate every minute he has left. To be honest, it was probably a relief more than anything else when the door was finally opened. Yeah. In steps several men with swords, followed by Basil himself. The Chamberlain, to his credit, stood up, asked what was going on. He was struck down. Michael was then grabbed by his hands. He may well have woken up by this point, but who knows, maybe he was in a drunken stupor. He almost certainly would have woken up when his hands were chopped off. Yeah, I, I imagine it's quite a sobering experience. Or you just assume you're having the hangover from hell. He goes to clutch his head, but he can't. You just stumpy, bloody mess. Yeah. Oh, my, oh. Yeah. This is a weird dream. <laughs> <laughs> Not this dream again. <laughs> Uh, he looks up at his friend. He is then slaughtered in his chamber. And there you go. That is the end of Michael. Ah. Let's rate him. Fightius Maximus. Okay, Fightius Maximus. Uh, a tricky one because so few details are there. True. Um, it, it just occasionally mentions that he went out and fought occasionally. We're not mm. entirely sure how many times, but he does seem to have won. He beat the Caliphate and the Bulgars. He took several cities off the Bulgars to make Boris give up. Yeah. And either him or people under him were raiding into the Caliphate after beating back an invasion. Mm. So, actually, it's probably quite good, but we just really have very few details. I mean, we've gone past the days of taking entire countries. Yeah. And destroy entire empires, so it's not as great as it could be. No, um, I don't think I can go much beyond the middle of the road, to be honest, because the lack of detail, which is a shame. I'm going to go for three. Oh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm being cruel. I'm going to go to six. What? I was going to go five, middle of the road, and I thought you were too harsh. I'm going to go for two. Seven. <laughs> I'm sticking at three. You're going for six. Um, Genuinely six. No. Where other no, emp no, emperors no, had right, taken right, fine, entire fine, countries. Five, five, five. five. I'll go right. for five. All right. <laughs> 
Total of eight. Total of eight. Yeah, that sounds fair. Yeah. He he beat the Bulgars into submission. He took several of their cities and he invaded into the Caliphate. That's pretty good. And we've not even given him half marks. All right, eight it is. Okay, next. Caprovium Crazium. Okay, got a bit more here. Basil was not the only friend of Michael who was a bad influence. He had a friend called Philophilus. Obviously not his dad. Probably why I liked him, though. Yeah, maybe. That and the fact that he was just fun to be around. Yeah. Because he had ideas like the following. One day, and this is when Theodora was in charge, Theophilus dressed up as the current patriarch, Ignatius. And Theodora was summoned to pray with the patriarch. <laughs> and I'll just quote from now on. Great prank. That most correct lady devoutly came forth from her apartments and prostrated herself upon the ground, requesting a prayer. She did not yet in the least suspect anything, for the disgusting Theophilus had kept his beard hidden. I'm not sure how he managed to do that. Maybe he just had his hand over his face or something. <laughs> then Theophilus stood up, broke wind, and spoke some words, which were just what might be expected from his mouth. <laughs> he stood up, farted, and just said something disgusting and horrible. Yeah. Can you taste it? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Can you taste what I had for lunch? Yeah. Oh, that's horrible. <laughs> yes. So that was what Michael got up to for a good time. <sighs> uh, he obviously also liked his chariot racing. One story is that he loved chariot racing so much that he ignored the warning fires. Now, Stylitzes goes into detail about these warning fires that spread across Anatolia. Apparently, there was a pyre built on a mountain overlooking the Sicilian gates, the mountain pass that allows you to get from Anatolia into Syria. Yeah. If the caliphate ever invaded, the pyre would be lit. And I'll quote here... When those who were stationed on Mount Argion saw it, they would light another fire, and then those on Mount Isemon likewise. Seeing this, the men on Mount Agilion would light up, and likewise those at the place called Malus. Then Kyrizos would follow suit, followed by Mokelos. And then it hits uh, Rohan. Yeah, then finally it reaches Rohan. Aragon runs, runs. The beacons have been lit! The beacons have been lit! Gondor calls for aid! And Rohan will answer. It's how it should have gone. Everyone yeah. knows that's how it yeah, should yeah. go. Yeah. yeah, I did not realise Tolkien just lifted this wholesale from, uh, from Roman history. That's amazing. Yeah, it is. But there you go. So whilst I was reading that, just uh, imagine that swelling music from Lord yeah. of the Rings in the background. That was such a cool scene as well. That's such a I, good scene. We need to watch Lord of the Rings again. Oh, soon. we totally do. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, apparently that system was so good that it allowed Constantinople to be aware of an invasion within an hour. Wow. And that is the entire way across essentially modern Turkey. What's well, the speed of light? <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> it's actually quite slow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, the speed of flame. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, how's this link to Michael? Well, he was uh, he was getting ready to do one of his races, and apparently someone told him one of the signal fires was on. And I'll quote here. On seeing this, he was consumed with apprehension as great as any other might experience when in danger of his very soul, fearing that his own chariot race might lack for spectators because the signal being an ill omen. That was how shamelessly he made a spectacle of himself, so to ensure that no news of disasters occurring should cool the ardour of spectators, he ordered that the fires near to the Queen of the Cities were not to be activated. 
So he cut off the last leg of the early warning system just in case they ever interrupted another one of his races. That's insane. And there's another story about his chariot races. He was standing in his chariot at the starting gate, which was about to be raised. He was wearing the colours of the blues. Constantine, the logothete of the Drome, was driving for the greens. Kellius, driving for the whites. And Crassus, for the reds. Which is interesting, because the whites and the reds are still around. Yeah, yeah. We've not heard from them for, like, literally Domitian's episode. Yeah. And he invented his uh, purple and gold teams. Yeah, Yeah, it's like the reds and the whites are still around, it's just no one cares about them whatsoever. Anyway, they're about to drive. Their news arrived that Amir, the emir of Melantine, was grievously pillaging Asia. One of his generals rushed to confer with Michael. He replied, again, I'm still quoting here, you silly head. I'm guessing that's a translation thing. (laughs) I really hope so. Because imaginary would have the same reaction of, what? What? Did the emperor just call you a silly head? I think so. Oh dear. (laughs) You silly head, said he, throwing him an ugly look. How dare you speak to me of things like that at the time of this crucial race? Only one thing concerns me right now, to see the centre chariot not run to the left. So there you go. That's pretty much the only stories we've got. See, the trouble is, like with quotes like that, if he said it in a sarcastic, jokey way... <laughs> you silly head. That would make sense. <laughs> I loved racing. <laughs> but that, yeah, but that, that's sort of lost in history. It's like, was he just taking the mick? And also, it, he's obviously hated by the sources. Um, was yeah. he really that bad? Actually, he he always got involved in the wars. It's not like he was a stay-at-home emperor. Yeah. Um. Maybe he's been hard done to here. He seems like kind of, he's obviously someone with a sense of humour. Yeah. With the pranks and things he was doing, he's just a jokey kid. Elagabalus is who he's reminding me of. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Not uh, the cruelty of Caligula. No. Um. Also, maybe not a slightly cool streak that Elagabalus had. Maybe no. He he put lions into people's rooms. <laughs> Tame lions. Morning! People always forget that they were tame lions. Yes. Uh, They were only mildly savaged. (laughs) Um, (laughs) It's nothing huge, uh, but he clearly was, if we can believe the sources, which we've got no reason not to, he was clearly just drunk and partying most of the time whilst all the people ruled the empire, and he was so uh, disinterested and drunk, he didn't realise his best friend was using him to just gain power and then uh, just start a coup. So, I don't know. What are you going to give him? It's nothing huge, but he certainly deserves some points. I might go middle of the road, which is actually quite unusual in this round. Hmm. Usually they're high or they're nothing. I, I think five. I was thinking four in my head, so yeah. I'm going to stick at four. Okay, that was nine. Success ultimate. Okay, under him, a fair amount happened, actually. Iconoclasm ended. Yeah. Well, that was his mum, uh, but he was technically emperor at the time. Yeah. Relations with the Western Church fell apart Pretty much completely. <laughs> but that was more Thotius and Bardos, not really him. And he's a ruler. Yeah. The Bulgars converted to Christianity. That's that's a huge thing. Uh, but they only converted to Orthodox Eastern Christianity yeah. for about five minutes before changing their mind. Yeah. No! Uh, the university was up and running again. Yeah. Know, that's good. Again, Bardos, but... I'm sure own. the students love that. Partying, having a great time. Oh, and then the lecturers started turning up again. Yeah. Oh, what? What's this? What? What's this? It's a timetable. What? I've got to be up at seven o'clock in the evening. What the hell? Yeah. 
Um, still, university up and running. Uh, yeah. The caliphate was pushed back. I mean, all these are good, but none of it was really him. I mean, maybe we can give him credit for the uh, the military things, uh, but that might be more fighting yeah. to Maximus anyway. So uh, stuff happens, but he's I don't know. I'm tempted to go middle of the as you keep saying middle of the road. Middle of the road, yeah. Um, it's um, because it wasn't awful for the empire. Yeah, I mean they were they were sieged by the Rus. Oh yeah, of course that that was pushed back. Um, yeah, I'm I'm going for five again. Yeah, yeah, I'll go for five. Ten. Image face. He's not getting big points, but he's slowly racking them off. He's, yeah, yeah. Okay, what's he look like? Drunk. There oh, we wow. go. Oh, soulless, cold, dead eyes. Yeah, oh, I don't know. It looks like he's looking slightly to his right and down, almost well, like one eye. Is. <laughs> <laughs> one eye. His left eye is. Yeah. His right eye is looking straight ahead. I think the the right and down. I think that's him looking at Bardos's body on the floor, and he's desperately yeah. trying to remember. Did I order this? Yeah. I can't remember. Basil was talking about something. Oh, have I just killed my uncle? Let's have a drink to get over it. <laughs> Uh, he's a uh, short curly hair, um, beard. Um, he's got a mm. nice hat. More importantly, it's a painting. It's a painting, yes. Sorry, oh, we should have mentioned that first, really, <laughs> shouldn't we? Yeah. Yes. Uh, again, not quite contemporary, uh, but we're not too far off it being no. starting to get contemporary paintings now. Three-dimensional. In, in what sense? As in it, there's, there's shading and shadow. Oh, I see. Quite yes. a lot. Yeah, no. Compared to rubbish coins, it, it's quite mm. nice. Um, it's not amazing, though, is it? It's not amazing, but he... Oh, what? That's an uncanny resemblance. <laughs> okay, he does look a bit like me, doesn't he? He really does. <laughs> yeah, he's got similar facial hair. His hair's slightly yeah. shorter than mine. Similar nose. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that. Hang on, let me look down to the right. <gasps> yeah. There oh my you go. Okay, in that case, ten. <laughs> I mean, I agree. <laughs> oh, I hate to say it. I don't think we've ever done this before. I'm, I'm going mid marks again. I. I it's just it's not bad but it's not great I'm saying five only for seven okay is that because it's a painting I think so but it's quite I can picture him yeah maybe because he's sitting next to me I don't know <laughs> it helps that I'm drinking a beer <laughs> yes three Temple completed how long do you think that lasts oh it's going to be like eight years or something because he's something to twenty something seven eight something like that how old was he when he became emperor oh <laughs> yeah, he gets an impressive score. 842 to 867, 25 years. Oh my goodness. <laughs> now, we could exclude the time that Theodora was running it, because mm. he certainly wasn't. It's when he was sole emperor. But... Because we're highly in inconsistent with this round. <laughs> oh, yes, we are. Uh, it's how I feel at the time, I think. Because it's like, yeah, yeah, he wasn't running it when Theodora was, so we can't count that time. No. But then he wasn't running it when Bardos was. No, or no. Basil. So I mean, to be fair, he's probably emperor for like a year. <laughs> if that. I mean, it's... So <laughs> Lucid. I, I, let's give him the full 25. Yeah, let's do let's it. Let's do it. So that is 3.13... So that is uh, a not bad score for a drunken kid. 33.13. 33.13. Does he beat his mother? She will be so annoyed. Yeah, she got 31. Maybe 32. Yeah. <laughs> We're not entirely sure yet. Well done, Michael. You are going to be so pleased with uh, beating your mother. He didn't beat his dad, though, did he? No. <laughs> he got 36. Oh, close, six, though. Three. Close. Shockingly close for a... Considering Theophilus did loads, 
And uh, <laughs> he was a very supported emperor. <laughs> he was very supported. I mean, <laughs> this is the personification of a man being held by his friends on a drunken night out. Yes. That was his emperorship. And you know what? Because of that, he gets a decent score. Yeah. Um, See, how's our good friends? Yeah. But has he got it? Do they have a certain je ne sais I don't think I can. No, I don't think I can either. Lots of interesting stuff happens during his reign. Oh, he's fascinating. Um, the the Christianization of the Bulgars, the split with the West and yeah. the Church, all that's going on. Yeah. It's interesting stuff. Uh, the rise of Basil. I want to know more about Basil. Mm. Good job we got an episode on him next. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, but him himself, no. So um, it's a no from me. Yeah, it's a no. Okay. Sorry, you may have got a decent score, but you're no Genesis are, that's for sure. Well then, that's this week. Okay then, thank you very much for listening. Don't forget to follow us on uh, Facebook, Twitter. We do some stuff on Instagram every now and again, but no, don't, don't hold your breath. But yeah. I uploaded a few things recently. Oh, did you? Yeah. Oh, I've literally every now and again. Literally never seen our Instagram account. You don't need to. I just don't. The know things I say about you. <laughs> Is this where all the Jamie followers of the podcast hang out? You call it followers, I call it a cult. Yeah, um, it's fine. I'll have my admirers on Twitter and you can hang out with, with your people on Instagram. It's fine. Yeah. It'll just be me and one other person. <laughs> right. Um, uh, don't forget you can download some pop Dean. You can download it. You, oh, goodness sake, thanks to you. You can... <laughs> You can download us on Podbean, iTunes, and Stitcher. And please leave reviews. And until next time... I will... Emperor! Yeah. Goodbye. Goodbye. F U Future Future oh. um, Triple letter score there um, 37 Very good Michael Have some wine I really shouldn't Basil um, I, I hear it does things to a man <laughs> Okay um, Well I've got H O T That's not a great word uh, 12 Not bad Not bad Considering you can't read It's, it's not bad at all Well done Well done Basil uh, you know what? Pass the wine. Pass the wine. I'll try a bit. Okay. Uh, a drop can't hurt. No, a drop. No. Here we go. Drop. Anyway, um, sus- I've got an S. Um, suspicious. Suspicious. Nice. Good score here. Yes. Just popping those yes. on. <laughs> I'm really pulling ahead now. Yes, your turn. Your turn. Um, S-T-A-B. Stab. Stab, you're, you're really coming on with your letters, Basil. I'm oh, so glad you. I taught you how to play this. This is wonderful. Oh, I'm enjoying it. Yes. It's, uh, um, it's not quite a, a good word, but... Not 14, bad. 14. Not, not bad, Basil. You're doing better than last time. I do enjoy your company, so... Anyway, uh, what have I got here? Um, N... I know. Yes, I can do it. Naive. Naive. Yes. A good foreign word. Yes, very good. Huh? It was Frankish. Yeah, yes, reminds me I need to send that letter. Yes. Um, you know, this wine is really going down well. It you is. Can see why people drink it. Yes, yes, yes. Another glass? I quite don't mind if I do that. Let's open another bottle. Let's do it. Right, go on, your turn, Basil. Okay.
Um, I blank W I L L blank K. What of another I L L blank and a U. That's a very long one, Basil. I, I can't even read that. I, what is it? I will... I will kill. I will kill. I will kill. <laughs> oh, Basil, you are a god. I, I Look at all those points you got. You, yeah. I thought you know it, Basil. You're, you're going to be better than me. <laughs> yes, I will. Grabs it by the mane. Mane? Horses <laughs> don't have manes. Uh, the hair on the... Grab, no, the, 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 the mohawk. The, the bridle. The um, mohawk. Is it bridle? Reins. How could you not get reins? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> mane, rain, they rhyme. I was thinking of the hair. <laughs> yes, I know. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know how that happened. <laughs> anyway. Oh, the parallels are uncanny. Back! <laughs> We've been introduced to Basil. We've been introduced to Basil. Not a fluffy one. No, the, the emperor-y <laughs> one. <laughs> That's a good reaction. Don't know what to say to that. That's fun. <laughs> Hello, Basil. This is Emperor Basil. <laughs> Chamberlain Basil. He's very excited about being an emperor. I need but you want to kill an emperor. Yeah, I know. 